I was at a seminar a few years back and Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager, was there talking about his faith and talking about the meaning of life. He shared he went on a safari and at the safari they heard a lion roar and the guide said, you know, a lion, you can hear one five miles away. That's how powerful the roar is. They sat and listened to the roar for a while and Ken Blanchard said, what's he doing? And the guide said he's letting everybody know this is his territory. It's easy. He's saying, this is mine, mine, mine. And Ken Blanchard said, you know, that's the challenge in life. Each of us, at the moment of selfishness, this is mine, mine, mine. Versus the challenge to follow Christ, who John the Baptist said, let me decrease that he might increase. You know, some difficult things have happened in the past few days in, in our country with the shooting in Florida and other crimes around the, the country and challenges here in our own community. And I want to read something here so we can look at somebody today that is the opposite of that mind, 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 that you can model a, a person in Scripture. And let me give you another person you can model that is just uh, somebody that passed away just like two years ago. But going from that place of mind, mind, mind versus saying, let me decrease that he may increase in the challenges we see in the world. Here's something that was written 1653. This is an inscription on the Staunton Herald Church in England. Listen to these words here. In the year of 1653, when all things sacred were throughout the nation destroyed or profaned, this church was built to the glory of God by Sir Robert Shirley. Listen to the last line here. Whose singular praise it was to have done the best things in the worst times. To move out of that mind, 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 to say, let me do the best thing, even in the most difficult circumstances. And that doesn't just apply for a culture that applies in our own lives, maybe in your relationship, maybe just in your spiritual walk. Let me introduce you to somebody today. And I pray that after today, you'll say, let me have the same type of spirit. We're going to talk about a man named Joseph, but not the Joseph that you and I know from the Old Testament or the Gospels. This Joseph is in the book of Acts. We're told in two verses here, Acts chapter 4, all the believers were in one heart and mind, and Joseph sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Joseph, we see, is somebody who was a giver, but you're going to see he's something more than that. And it wasn't just financial giving that he would be involved in. In fact, Joseph, at one point, would be a partner with the Apostle Paul. And they would stop working together because they would have a disagreement about a third person named Mark. And Paul would say, you know, Mark, he gives up too easily. He's not mature enough. And Joseph said to Paul, let's give Mark some time. I believe in him. And Paul said he wouldn't work with Mark. And so eventually they all split and went separate ways. But later in the letters of Paul, Paul would then say, he had reconciled to Mark, and Mark had become something in his own life that really made a difference, as well as you'll see Joseph did also. This is Helen Rosevere. She passed away in 2016. She is a hero to many people, and you'll see why here in just a moment. She was on the mission field in the Congo for some time. During that time, she faced unspeakable Acts. She had been kidnapped 
tortured, but when she was rescued, she went back to the mission field. She got kidnapped and tortured again. And she said in those horrible moments, she found a deeper faith in Christ. And when she retired from the mission field, she began to write books, still continued missionary work, going to different countries to teach and to evangelize. But she wrote this story, and this is her book here, Living by Faith. And she was asked by a journalist, the story happened just like that. And she said, yes, happened just like that. So let me share Helen Rosevear's story. And then we're going to come back to Joseph and move from that place of mine, 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 to rather say, let me take the spirit of Joseph, that giver, learn from Helen's life. And you can make that change right here today. Here's Helen's story. One night I worked hard to help a mother in the labor ward on the mission field in the Congo. In spite of all we could do, the mother died, leaving us a tiny premature baby and a two-year-old daughter. We would have difficulty keeping the baby alive as we had no incubator. A midwife went to stoke up a fire and fill a hot water bottle. She came back and cried. The hot water bottle burst and that was the last one. All right, I said, put the baby as near the fire as you safely can. Sleep between the baby and the door to keep it free from the drafts. Your job is to keep the baby warm. You know, Bernard of Clairvaux lived a thousand years ago, and he is still quoted today because this is an example of what he said. He said, there are those who seek knowledge for the sake of knowledge. That is curiosity. There are those who desire to know so they can be known. That is vanity. But there are those who seek knowledge to edify others. That is love. We are in the midst of Lent. We want to focus even more deeply on our faith in Christ. And we want to do it not just to learn things, not just to have interesting discussions or interesting pieces of theology, but we want to know so we can edify others. And His love then can be expressed more through us away from, again, that place of mine, mine, mine. So back to Acts chapter 4 with Joseph. Again, we're told that Joseph sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. First thing that you see is Joseph was somebody who gave. We want to be people that give. It's not just a financial giving. You'll see that they talked about another type of giving he did. So whether that giving is financial or it's, a, it's giving of an expanded sense of love, giving of your time, giving of just hope, maybe you give blood, maybe you give volunteer service, maybe you just are there to be a listening ear. You know, in our culture, people talk about very much lately, you know, the discussion where they say, you know, people say things like, you know, thoughts and prayers. And that's now become something that people find controversial in some circles. So don't stop at thoughts and prayers. Let it be, you know what? Thoughts and prayers and tears and hugs and time and volunteering and giving to worthy causes and being kind to my neighbor and loving my enemy and walking in the light as he is in the light and telling people about Christ and going from that place of me, me, me to say, let me decrease and let him increase and listen to his 
voice guiding what you can do as I listen to him guide me what I can do. Joseph was a giver on a massive scale, not just financially, but he gave of himself. And you'll see that here as we look at something else about him in just a moment. Larry Osborne said, though, one of the most powerful tools, if not the most powerful tool, for breaking the stronghold of selfishness is to be generous. So, you wrestle with giving, begin to give. Do the thing you think you cannot do. Give of your time, give to a worthy cause. Give yourself to deeper prayer. Give yourself to commitments and keep those commitments. Become a giver like you find here in his life. Joseph Stoll, writer, minister, been a president of very well-known Bible colleges, but he's very honest, and I hope you'll find something meaningful like I did here in what he wrote. Through the years, I have discovered how easy it is to tire of myself. Do you find that to be true? Don't you get tired like Joseph Stahl talks about? I know that I do. Get tired of the things that are always consumed in just myself. Joseph goes on to say, I tire of the insecurities I have, of the sins that defeat me. I tire of the words I wish I could take back. He said, but I never tire of one thing. I never tire of Jesus. I find him more compelling than anyone I've ever known. And each day I serve him, he proves to be more worthy of my adoration. We'll come back to Joseph. Again, you may not recognize him as Joseph because the apostles looked at him, watched him, and they said, we need to give you a new name. You can take that new name as well today. Just simply say, you know what? I'm going to do the best of things, even in the worst of times, the most difficult circumstances. Bringing us back to Helen Rosevere, who wrote this. The following noon, I went to have prayer with the children at the orphanage. I explained our problem about keeping the baby warm, and I mentioned the hot water bottle. The baby could so easily die if it got chills. I also told them of the two-year-old sister who was crying because her mother had died. During the prayer time, one of the 10-year-old girls, Ruth, prayed, Please, God, send us a water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow, God, as the baby will die. Please send it this afternoon. She added by way of corollary, while you are about it, please send a dolly for the little girl. Helen would go on to say, I had been in Africa for almost four years. I had never, ever received a parcel from home. And anyway, if I did, who would send me a hot water bottle? I lived on the equator. A few years back, I got to spend some time at a retreat center, monastery that Thomas Merton used to minister at, and he died several years back. But it was a silent retreat, and I like what he shared. The only time that there was any talking is they gave a short scripture reading and read some words out of his devotional. And he made a very interesting point. He said this about listening to God. He said, God speaks in our silence. 
and we receive his word in that silence. When we deafen ourselves to the noise of the flesh and the factions and divisions, when we do that, then we can hear God more clearly in the silence. He made a good point. He went on to say, you know, all the talking that people do when they argue and debate and have the conflict, whether it's at a family level between a husband and a wife that argue, or it's at a larger scale in bigger issues in the culture. He said, what happens? All that talking, all that arguing. He says, you want to know what brings healing? It's when people get silent and they contemplate and they listen for what God is going to say into their hearts. Just a reminder of what happened in Matthew 14, the well-known story. Herod has a party. Herodias is there. Her daughter dances. Herod says, you know what? I'll give you anything you ask for, up to half my kingdom. And Matthew 14, she says this, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. King Herod was distressed because of his oath and the dinner guest, and he ordered that her request be granted. And we're told here's what happens next, though. John's disciples went and told Jesus, and when Jesus heard what happened, pay very close attention, he withdrew privately to a solitary place. When Jesus heard the news about his cousin that he had died, what did he do? He stepped back and he went to a quiet, solitary place. Want to get out of the mind, mind, mind? Daily we have to get to that place of stepping away from the noise, the talking, and just listen and let him speak to us. It's what Jesus did. It's what we need to do as well. And here's a great prayer to take into those moments. And you can do this in a crowd and get quiet in your heart. But Psalm 61 David writes this. You can use this any moment, but it's especially powerful for those quiet times in that solitary place. David wrote this psalm, a very painful time in his life. His sons had fought, destroyed one another. The remaining son said, I'm going to destroy my father and take his kingdom. David said, I'm not going to fight my son. He left Jerusalem, left the throne. He's in a cave hiding from his son. And in that cave, he looks out the entrance, looks at the cliffs, and he writes Psalm 61. And he says this, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, when circumstances are so difficult, when things are chaotic, when I don't have the answers... Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Just let that be your prayer. Let your prayer today say, you know, let me take from Helen's story, which we're going to close with here in a moment, an inspiration for what can happen when somebody truly steps out in faith. Take from Joseph's story what can happen when we see his name change. And take from the solitary picture of Christ stepping off to that silent place and listen to David's words and just say, lead me, Lord, to the rock that is higher than I. We all know the, the metaphor when you get on an airplane, they give the speech, you know, if the oxygen drops, put your own mask on first before you help somebody else. It's true in life as well. 
If you don't put the oxygen mask on, you pass out. You can't help others. You put it on, you can help all the people around you. You need to fill up in your own spiritual life so that you have more to give to others. So, Acts chapter 4, back to Joseph as we close. We're told the rest of that verse. Joseph, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Joseph is known as Barnabas. Barnabas means son of encouragement. He did not just give financially. He gave encouragement. One of the most precious things people can have. You want to be a life changer? Say, Lord, let me be a son of encouragement, a daughter of encouragement. Find somebody today. Breathe that oxygen into their life. Simply be that kind person to them. Be that giver to them. Be that one who comes along and says what they are so desperate to hear somebody say. No more mine, mine, mine. Let us enter into this Lenten season and say, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let me be that son, that daughter of encouragement so that other people can have the oxygen of their soul just filled with the promise and the light of Christ. So, let us close with Helen's story as she tells us the rest of this picture living out in Africa. And here's what happens next to this woman who never got a piece of mail before. Halfway through the afternoon, I was teaching in the nurse's training school. A message was sent. There was a car at my front door. By the time I reached home, the car had gone, but there on the veranda was a 22 pound parcel. Tears pricked my eyes. I could not open the parcel alone. I sent for the children. Together we pulled off the string, carefully undoing each knot. We folded the paper, taking care not to tear it unduly. Excitement was mounting. 30 or 40 pairs of eyes were focused on that large cardboard box. From the top, I lifted out brightly colored knitted jerseys and some bandages. Then came a, mo- then came a box of mixed raisins. Then, as I put my hand in again, I felt, could it really be? I grasped and pulled it out. Yes, a brand new rubber hot water bottle. I cried. Ruth, in the front front row, said, if God sent the bottle, he must have sent the dolly too. Rummaging down to the bottom of the box, she pulled out the small dressed dolly. Her eyes shone. She had never doubted. That parcel had been on the way for five months, packed up by a former Sunday school class whose leader had heard and obeyed God's prompting to send a hot water bottle, even to the equator. And one of the girls had put in a dolly for an African child five months before in answer to the believing prayer of a 10-year-old to bring it that afternoon. Lead me, O Lord, to the rock higher than I, Let it no longer be mine, mine, mine. Let it be decrease of us that he might increase. Be a son of encouragement, a daughter of encouragement. Find that solitary place so you are filled so that from that filling, you can give more of yourself and Christ be glorified. Let us do the best of things, even in the worst of times.
Let me live.